Albert Einstein once said that play is the highest form of research. Well, let's get ready to do some research. This is Teach, Play, Learn, the podcast, and I am your host, Adam Peterson. Before we get to today's episode, gotta give a huge shout out to the guys behind our intro music that we use, Brian and Neil, my buddies from the band Cuckoo Kangaroo. Visit cuckoocangaroo.com to see more of their music and awesome merch, as well as check out their YouTube channel. And a big thank you to our sponsor of Teach, Play, Learn, the podcast, Jose and Sean, my friends from Berteau & Co. If you don't know what Berteau & Co. is, use the shopping link in the show notes to visit BertoandCo.com to see top-notch teacher planners, at-home planners, t-shirts, and more with the coolest designs on them. And when you use that shopping link and use the promo code ADAMP15, you will save yourself 15% off your order at BertoandCo.com. Let's get to today's topic. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited about another episode all about play with all of you. So that's what this whole podcast can be about. Teach, play, learn the podcast, just fun ideas and kind of history and backstories on people of why they believe in the power of play. So our guest today is someone who, when you mention the word play in the education world, people always bring up her name. I consider a queen or a guru of the play-based world, a very dear friend of mine, someone who's taught me a lot about education and teaching in this um, world of play-based learning, even wrote a little portion of the book that y'all have been reading. So um, we're going to bring in my good friend, Mrs. Kim Adsit. Kim, how are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing awesome. It's so good to see you again and, and chat about this stuff. So for yeah. people who, who might not know you, I doubt any of my listeners really don't know who you are because oh, maybe. I don't know. They were the people who, people who listen to me are my friends and they were the same ones who were with me at a conference going, that's Kim Adsit. That's Kim Adsit. Let's go talk to her. And <laughs> I still probably remember those we days. We run in the same circles. We probably have the same followers. That's okay. The, you find your, what do they call it? You find your tribe and those are the people you stick right. with, right? That's right. Um, like so people that might not know about you, tell us your, your, your history, your education, all about okay. you. Who, who is Kim Adsit? Well, I am a kindergarten teacher. I taught kindergarten for 30 years and I'm really giving you my age here now because 10 years ago, I retired. (laughs) So y'all do the math, right? I just (laughs) celebrated a big birthday. But um, in the last 10 years, I've had a lot of hats. Um, You know, I've done consulting work. I've done publishing work, you know, with Teachers Pay Teachers. I've also um, been in classrooms a lot because both my daughter and my daughter-in-law are primary grade teachers. And then my two grandsons, both of their teachers, have invited me to come into classes. So when we're not on this stay-at-home order, you know, I'm in classrooms pretty much every week unless I'm traveling. Um, So I like to say I kind of have the best of both worlds. I'm not having to do all the parts of teaching that sometimes are the less desirable parts, you know, the paperwork, faculty meetings, and just getting to do the things that we love, which is the actual, you know, the actual teaching. Yep. Oh yeah. The best of both worlds is, is the best way to describe it. I tell people that all the time, like with my current role, I get to go see Trisha's classroom anytime I want, but I go on the road and work with teachers. And, right. and you said you wear many hats and I think your, your favorite hat is the hat of, of Gammy, as you call it, because you're a fabulous yeah, grandma. My, too. my sister bought me this. Isn't that pretty? Does it say Gammy? It says Gammy. Oops, if I got, oh, I'm that's getting, awesome. These things are these, this, I'm reversed in the, you're not reversed on my end. It's okay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I'm trying to get it so you can see it. See right there? Oops, right there. Right there. Right there. Yeah. I don't know what you were showing me there. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. My sister gave me that for my birthday. 
I love that we're still trying to figure out all this virtual technology. So yes. if you're listening to this in the future, it is currently April 29th, 2020. We're in the midst of the, the COVID-19 pandemic. So we're all trying to figure out virtual learning and technology still, yes. even if we're not teaching students. So um, we mentioned at the beginning, Kim, that, that your name is kind of associated with wordplay. And I know you've done a lot in that realm to help right. teachers, including me. You do it when you're out on the road. You do it with products that you sell. But um, I know you're super passionate about it. And and one of the yeah. questions that we talk about in the book that I got asked all the time um, was why play? And I know people, I'm sure you got asked that by administrators or right. people above you in the district when you were teaching. So so what is your your answer to that question? When someone says to you, why play? Why do it? What, what do you come back with? Right. Well, there's really two parts to the why. The first part is... I think as a society that we've kind of gotten away from the whole social emotional part of teaching. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that when um, Common Core came along, there were lots of good things about Common Core. And I, I loved the standards. I loved the rigor of it. But I felt like teachers kind of got overwhelmed by that. And so many of them forgot about the social emotional needs of children. And play is when so many of those can be met. Um, it's when kids can show you their feelings, they right. can learn to work together in a group, they can learn how to share and take turns, they can learn about compromise. I mean, all of those social, and now I think they've gone and started calling them soft skills, which I'm not sure there's anything soft about them, but right. that's kind of the, you know, the term that's been given. Um, so that's one realm. The other is, is because play is the is the time when children, not only do children learn through play, but play is also evidence of learning. Mm -hmm. I mean, play is when what they do shows you what they know. So if you think about Bloom's taxonomy, you are up on the upper half of Bloom taxonomy when it comes to children's answers through play, right. because their response through play is not at that low content level learning. I mean, they're exactly. taking what they know and they're putting it into another activity or another situation that if, if people don't know what they're looking at, just looks like they're playing around. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's one of, we talk about this all the time in our sessions that we do together. That, that that's one of our least favorite terms is, is just playing because kids never are. And I like, I love what you just said. When they, when they do what they do, they show you what they know. And that's the whole part of it is, is the doing. Kids learn best by doing. I think right. we've seen that as an example a lot lately. I know I have personally at home with my son because he, he needs to be doing to enjoy learning. And he's not a fan of, of e-learning. And his teacher is doing some amazing things with them, doing some video calls and doing some really cool stuff to make right, it. But it's not the same. It's not the same. There's no doing going on. There's a lot of sitting and getting, right? So. Right. It, it sometimes it depends on the kid, but I think especially at this this young level, he's in third grade and he still needs that, right? Um, my right. daughter's in junior high. She's she's so much used to just the busy, busy work because she can do it. But I think regardless of age, but especially at the little ones, when they can do it right. and show us, that's when we really get to see, like you said, what they what they yeah. really do know. Absolutely. That's awesome. So we know a lot of schools. I actually just got an email yesterday or this morning from a teacher saying, going to full day kindergarten for the first time ever next wow. year. I need your advice. And it still blows my mind that there's half day programs out there because I can't imagine how anybody gets anything done. But for people who are starting that journey or just wanting to dive into a play-based learning atmosphere, and here's the thing, I think a lot of people, 
are already doing play-based learning based on the definition. They just don't realize it. So right. a lot of times it's just look at what you got, right? But if someone came to you or gave you a call or an email, you saw them in, in Dollar Tree, your favorite place, um, and said, my favorite place, and said, Kim, I'm starting a play-based learning curriculum or I'm really going to dive into it. What, are, what things do I need? What, what kind of stuff do I need? And I know stuff isn't always the answer, but we do need some things to yeah. get it going. So I'm going to kind of make it tough for you. Top three, top three things or items that you would put into a classroom to kick off play-based learning. That's hard, I know, because there's a lot of things, but. Okay, well, I'm gonna really tell you the top three places to find things. I like that, let's do it. <laughs> okay, the first place to look is at your own house. Yes. Because, you know, I used to joke around when my kids were little, who are both, you know, your age now. But when my kids were little, <laughs> I would say, oh, I'm buying this for Megan. And I would leave it at home for, you know, a few months and then it could find its way to my classroom, right? So I think that so often we have things at home that we can take to school and use at school. I mean, how many of you have, you know, a sorry game that your kids have now outgrown or right. a trouble or a monopoly or, you know, any of those kind of board games that your kids are like no longer interested in, you know, instead of taking them to the goodwill, you know, take them to your classroom. Also, you know, really junk. Like my grandson, uh, Brody, I don't know, Adam, if you saw on Facebook where he and Tyler have literally constructed a marble run. I did like, see that. That was yes. pretty amazing. My son said to me, that would have never happened at our house, would have it, Mom? I'm like, no, probably not. Because <laughs> he, he had it taped to the wall at every wall. door. <laughs> to the wall. Um, but you know, his was just junk stuff, you know, tubes and toilet paper rolls and jugs. And so, you know, think about your recycling stuff. I, I had the real privilege this year of working in uh, Brody's uh, kindergarten class and his teacher is phenomenal. And while I was there to work with kids and she wanted me to um, teach them some new math games and she wanted me to show them some new uh, STEM activities, I learned from her more than I probably brought in myself. But right. she just would put that kind of stuff out and let the kids you know, do their own creating. They would created their own uh, ice cream shop using spools and stuff. I mean, her kids That's were cool. masters at, you don't have to go and buy those fancy ice cream mm -hmm. sets for the dramatic play. You know, you can put stuff over there that the kids can create their own menus and their own props. And I think so often, you know, we forget that our home, sometimes our trash at home is a good resource. <laughs> well, yeah, so well, that's number one. When you talk about that, like kids will figure it out. Would we just let them be kids? I mean, that's yeah. that's really all it comes down to is just let them be little. Exactly. And you're going to see the learning take place. You don't have to introduce them to anything sometimes. Just I mean, we don't do that with our own kids at home. Right, exactly. Yeah. I, th I think finding the junk when you say that, I, th I don't know if I was with, I think you and I were at a conference together when a teacher showed us that image. Um, I might've been with Trisha somewhere, but I can't remember, but it was a teacher who had taken her her discovery table or her sand table, whatever it was, and she put in there old, where was I with you? The, the old electronics. And she gave yes. her kids yes. screwdrivers and wrenches yes. and whatnot. And they just got to, I mean, it was fine motor at its best. They used screwdrivers to take apart an old computer. And it had right. nothing to do with technology. They were just digging in and learning how to manipulate things. It was really right. cool. So right. junk is the best way to go. All right, what's the next place? You said your home. and Number two, Goodwill slash yard sales. Yes. 
I mean, Goodwill and yard sales, they, I mean, I am, I remember one time I found this set of wooden letters. I mean, they were nice wooden letters, but they weren't letters from the English language because there were some, there were some weird letters in there. Like maybe they were some from some European country or something. And there, some of our letters were missing, but you know what? I took those to school anyway, put them in my alphabet center the kids aren't going to say, you're missing a J. You know, they're just going to play with what's there. They're missing a J. What are you going to say? Well, what can you do about that? Well, I can write one on a piece of paper. I well, can get well, let's let's stop there for a minute because I bet young Kim Adsit would have said, where's the J? There's no J in this pile. <laughs> <laughs> you, would, you would have had them all lined up in order and I you would, it would I not mean, have made you happy that there was a J missing. <laughs> but you're right. J had to be different than all the other letters. <laughs> you're right. You're right. But kids don't you know, know the difference. That brings right. up this. Sometimes as a teacher we have to bite our tongue and tie our hands because yep. we we are too quick to want to jump in and fix mm-hmm. i mean me not not you because you you aren't that way but there are <laughs> lots of teachers that are on my side that are the super organized everything in its place sometimes we're too much and that robs kids of that of that figuring it out because we solved all the problems for them, you right. know. And I'm sometimes a bit too much the other way where we just we just go. If any of you have seen Kim and I present together, you know we talk about this quite a bit that she's type A and I'm type Z. And and I think that's what makes our yeah. our our friendship and our our partnership in this world of education work so well because we we do see both sides. I, I'm right. I mean I'm totally not the most organized person in the world, but I respect it and I need it sometimes. Right. So, so I get it, but yeah, Goodwill and yard sales are the best place to look sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then of course the third is our favorite place, the Dollar Tree. I knew exactly what you were going to say. Of course. Yeah. That's, that's the chapter in the book that Kim wrote you guys. She wrote a whole section on this. So, so what are your favorite, if someone was at Dollar Tree, let's say someone asked you to go shopping because I know you've done that with teachers before. Let's go to Dollar Tree while we're here. Where's the first place you're heading? Well, one of the things that, uh, you know, in, in your book, and I know we're, we're talking about this on another occasion, but in your book, one of the things that I, that I said in there is go down every aisle. Yes. I mean, get off the teacher aisle. You know, there's, there's prizes on every aisle of stuff that you can use to create things. I'll never forget when Tyler, who's my son, um, he was in high school. And he had to do some kind of report and he had to create some kind of visual to go along. And it was some kind of biography on some famous person. I don't, I don't even know who it was. He had gone in my, cause I keep a stash of, you know, pizza pans and oven shovels and badminton rackets and call. I keep all that kind of stuff here at the house. Cause I use that to make puppets and stuff like that with right. So um, he had, of course, had ridden the bus home because he was in high school or he had driven home or something. But he was home when I got home and he met me at the door and he had taken one of those wooden <laughs> oven shovel things that you use to get like pizza out of the oven on. Uh, and way, had created, oven shovel? Is that what you call it? An well, oven shovel? I've never heard of that before. I don't cook. Okay. We know. <laughs> no, I didn't know if that was like a Southern thing that I've never heard of. An I oven shovel. I like that. But anyway, he had created it. He had made that into a puppet to go along with his, with his report that That's he had awesome. to do. And so, you know, I think like both my kids are real creative mm-hmm. in different ways. I mean, Tyler does all that woodworking and Megan, she can create anything on a computer and she can paint and draw. And, you know, you, 
you have to think that sometimes when you lead with creative activities, you spur that in kids. Right. You know what I'm saying? When they see, oh, I can do, I can take junk and make something. I can take junk and create a play environment. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our three home living um, dramatic play sets that we made this year. And then for those of y'all who don't know, my daughter ended up having to have emergency surgery. And so then we got off track because I was being her nurse. And then after that, then COVID came along and we just haven't been able to get back on, but next year we're going to yeah make some more. But, um, you know, all the stuff for those, I got in the dollar store. Right. Or stuff the teachers just have. That's, that's yeah. the big one is, is we mentioned, look around your home, go to Goodwill, Dollar Tree, but just look around your classroom too. I know that was one thing I did after you came visited my room that one year and we kind of dug through closets and, and we were like, well, you can use this for this and this for this and this right. for this. And I started making wooden spoon puppets and the, the grease splatter puppets that you always talk about. I think you wrote about those in the book too. Um, just look around your classroom. That, that's, that's the big one. Uh, yeah. And Kim mentioned those units. We've had a blast creating some dramatic play units, but we also have something that we've created that I know I've gotten tons of response right now. People saying, I bought these for my classroom, but I'm loving sending them home is our home play. And yeah. what we've done with those, we've tried to make um, the idea of homework, which isn't one of my favorite words in the world, but make it playful because work can be done through play and we've created games. So we'll link those all in the show notes. For right. And I think now if we can, you know, if we as teachers can find a way to share stuff like that with parents, because I know, you know, Megan's doing pre-K this year and um, her parents are looking for stuff like that because right they don't know what to do. So what are, what are parents going to do when they don't know what to do? They're going to get mm-hmm. a workbook, Yep. you know, and then you have this little four-year-old who has, you know, challenges with fine motor, right. And they're wanting them to trace these letters. And so what's happening to the dynamics there? Yeah. You know, the, the parents are getting frustrated. The, ch- the child is getting a negative connotation toward learning. So, you know, if your kid loves those workbooks and sees them as, oh, I'm playing school, that's great. Right. But this encourages parents to sit down and play with kids. Yeah. And so much of it can be done with, with siblings too. I know we've heard for that from, from parents before, like my siblings can just play these games and just go with it. And, and I think that's a big part of, especially right now is, is it like you said, Kim, if, if your child loves workbooks, great, let them, let them right away, right? Mm-hmm. But we also need to remember that by using that term we used earlier, just letting them play, they're, they're learning in their own aspect. And that, yeah, that's Jenny, such a big part of the classroom and home right now. Jenny sent me a video yesterday. Uh, she had taken chalk and on there, they have a wooden fence in their yard. And on the wooden fence, she had written, you know, all the numerals. And then she gave Brody a spray bottle and she called out the addition facts and he had to take the spray bottle and spray the, That's the cool. thumbs. You know, he, he, he has really struggled with this e-learning. He is mm-hmm. a very social kid. He is a very doing kid. So, I mean, his teacher this year has been perfect for him because she has a very play-based classroom. But awesome. um, so, you know, I he bet he loved that activity though. Cause he got to do it. He got to do After something. he got through arguing with Jenny about how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, thank you so much for all the, the advice you've given. I was going to ask you what advice do you have, but you kind of did it. Just start small, start looking around teachers and just think about what you're already doing because that is huge. So you guys can find Kim at 
Kindergals and right. kindergals.blogspot.com. Um, I know your blog is full of posts covering so many different topics and a lot right. of them talk about doing things in the classroom through play or just keeping kids busy. I will say this, that so often people think that play means like housekeeping and blocks and those are fabulous. And yes, I have those, but that is not the only thing that play is. I yeah. mean, you have kids acting out number sentences with puppets. When mm. you have kids using cracker, fish crackers to do addition facts, when you have a card game, all of that is play. I mean, all of that is active learning. And I guess really we ought to sleep, say it this way, play equals active learning. Yeah, that's a great you way know, to say it. If you look at it that way, then we can expand our thoughts on what play really is. Play isn't just going to the housekeeping or going to the blocks, which is what, you know, what a lot of people have turned that, that phrase into. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, you're right. It can be done in every aspect of the classroom in yes. so many ways, whole group, yes. small group, outside, inside. So yeah, I, I think that's where people need to start if they're starting something. Just, just think about all the things you're already doing and, right. and find a way to make them a bit more active, a bit more engaging, and, and your kids are going to enjoy them so much more. So uh, I love the advice. You know, I love all of your ideas. I love our friendship. I, I love the the influence you've given me. So thank you for everything. But thank you for being a guest today too, Kim. Oh, I really thanks for inviting it. me. All right. We'll see you next time, guys. Okay. All right. Bye, Adam. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to hear more music like what you're hearing right now, visit cuckookangaroo.com. And then please like, share, and rate this podcast wherever you're listening to it so others can find it too. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Because you are the best.